0: Congress in 2020 repealed something known as the Survivor Benefit Plan Dependency and Indemnity Compensation Offset, better known as the Widow's Tax. It disappeared after a three-year phase-out ending earlier this year. That move opened up what my next guest calls a -a once-in-a-generation opportunity for veterans. Mike Meese is president of the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association, and he joins me now. Mike, good to have you back.
1: Uh, Great to be here, Tom.
0: So the SBPDIC offset, what was it and what happened to it?
1: Well, uh, it is a mouthful, but uh, what we're talking about is the benefits for the survivors, the spouses of military retirees. And right now there's over 2 million people that are military retirees. And so presumably most of them have 2 million spouses and your military retired pay ends when you pass away. Congress passed a law back in 1972, allowing a survivor benefit plan so that you can pay part of your retired pay in so that your widow or widower would receive 55% of your pay. And that's the survivor benefit plan. The challenge was that if you also died of something that was related to your military service, you would also be eligible for dependence indemnity compensation from the Veterans Administration. And Congress, the previous law, would offset that dollar for dollar. So that was called the widow's tax, where Congress thought that it wasn't fair that people who died of a service-connected condition would also then have their retired annuity reduced.
0: Got it. So the dependency and indemnity compensation came from VA, And that would offset the survivor benefit plan that would otherwise come from the Defense Department.
1: Exactly. In the Defense Authorization Act of 2020, Congress recognized that that was not fair. And so, as you mentioned, phased that out over three years so that now the survivor benefit plan is actually more valuable than it was before because it it used to have an offset. Some people people may not have opted in to taking the survivor benefit plan because they thought they would get a disability payment. Now that you can get both the disability payment if you die of a service connected condition and your retiree benefits, people have the opportunity if they want to for a one-time ability to opt into the survivor benefit plan, but it's only available to military retirees during this year, the year 2023, and they have to apply to it, and I can describe that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, what do they specifically have to do then?
1: Well, any military retiree would have to go to the defense finance and accounting website, dfast.mil, And it's easy there. Click on the retiree. And then on the bottom left-hand side, there's a big tab that says SBP 2023 open season. And it explains the instructions there. It is a little bit complicated. Let me just explain it in case anybody is interested in it. If you have not opted in to the survivor benefit plan and you want to do that, then you click on that link and you fill out a form. Uh, Of course, the government has forms and send that into DFAS. DFAS will then tell you how much you would have to pay in to buy into the survivor benefit plan. Again, had you opted in as you retired from the military, you would have been paying up to six and a half percent of your retired pay. So they will calculate what would six and a half percent of your retired be pay be for the, let's say you retired 20 years ago for the last 20 years, how much would you have to pay in a lump sum, or they'll allow you to pay it over 12 months so that you can then have that opportunity to buy into the survivor benefit plan.
0: Right. So the result will be that if you render your spouse a widow or widower, that person would then continue to get the full benefit of your pay had you lived
1: almost they would end up getting 55 percent of your retired pay so if your retired pay is let's say a thousand dollars just to make the math easy they would get a check for 550 dollars for the remainder of their life
0: we're speaking with mike meese he is president of the american armed forces mutual aid association so in other words you can retroactively get that coverage for this one time period
1: That's right. Normally, you have to make an irrevocable decision at the time of retirement. And so people who opted out and didn't choose SPP may find themselves 20 years later in a different circumstance. And let me just describe to you what those circumstances may be. You know, 20 years ago, somebody may have said, well, gee, my wife, if they're a, a male, my wife is substantially older than me, or maybe she has more illnesses than me, and I don't want to opt in because I don't think that would make sense. Well, you may have had a health condition, or you may have some reason why you may think that you may predecease your spouse earlier. And so consequently, your health conditions may have changed from the time that you made that decision in retirement. And again, when you made that decision, it was an irrevocable decision. Now, this is the one time in your lifetime where you may be able to revisit that decision, which may be applicable for some retired military members so that they can opt in now.
0: And how does the dependency and indemnity compensation payment, how does that figure into the whole equation? How do you get that from VA?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a very good question. Dependent indemnity compensation is paid to you if you die either on active duty or from a service-connected condition, and so obviously dying on active duty, it's obvious the VA will continue to pay that to you. But we end up nowadays, uh, several people are dying who served in the Vietnam War, and uh, if they served at any point in Vietnam, the Va presumes that they were exposed to Agent Orange and there's a list of 13 or now up to 16 conditions that are presumptively related to Agent Orange everything from dementia to prostate cancer to other diseases. So if you die and those diseases contributed to your death. That is just as if you had died in Vietnam or on active duty and your spouse would be eligible for tax-free dependent indemnity compensation from the VA, which right now is valued at uh, or it's $1,563 per month. And that goes up every year by a cost of living increase.
0: Right. So that could also potentially apply to the burn pit people from Iraq and Afghanistan.
1: Exactly. My view is burn pits are gonna be my generation's equivalent of Agent Orange exposure. You know, I served, I was over in Iraq and Afghanistan for about 32 months, and uh, you can hear some of the hoarseness in my voice. I have no idea whether this is gonna get worse, but I probably will for myself or my contemporaries. And so that's why that DIC is very important. And if you have survivor benefit plan, your spouse is gonna be eligible for both SBP from DFAS and the DIC from the VA.
0: So in your case, it's not that box of Dutchmasters every month, but it's (laughs) something from over there. Yeah, so this, and so the year, uh, getting back to the uh, applying for that benefit under the uh, survivor benefit plan, the year ends this calendar year?
1: Uh, That's exactly right. And it's a two-step process. You apply to the DFAS, the Defense Finance and Accounting Service. They do the calculations. They send that back to you, and then you have to buy in, either in a lump sum or or paid over 12 months, in many cases, people, again, in order to get this, you would be getting retired pay anyway. People will have this deducted from their retired pay so that uh, it'll be a financial crunch this year, but it may provide substantial benefits for your spouse. Again, if and only if the military member dies prior to the spouse.
0: Right. And do we know what a payment might look like? Say someone is going to retire is just to pick a mid-grade there, Lieutenant Colonel.
1: Yeah, a a lieutenant colonel, a lot depends upon how long ago you retired. It's amazing when you think about how much of the retired pay is. We had one individual who retired about 30 years ago, so they've missed 30 years of payments. That payment's going to be over $100,000 that they would have to make to be in there. On the other hand, if their spouse outlives them by five or six or seven years, the spouse will get well over that amount back in the payments now if you only retired five years ago obviously there's much less to pay in and then they would just take the six and a half percent out of your retired pay going forward
0: so like any insurance type of decision there is a risk management process here there's a i mean it's it's insurance as much as a benefit in some ways
1: yeah that's exactly right in fact here at AFMA we provide whole life insurance and that kind of thing we'd love to compare it with insurance the big difference with the survivor benefit plan annuity is it increases based upon Congress's authorization of COLA going forward for retirees. Whereas if you got an insurance plan that, again, I would be happy to sell you, if that's a $500,000 policy, that'll be a $500,000 policy. Even 20 years from now, it will not go up with inflation, which is one of the advantages and why many people select the survivor benefit plan if their family is financially dependent upon them.
0: And by the way, selling whole life, that makes you almost like the last of the Mohicans.
1: (laughs) There's not a lot to do that. What we really do is focus on survivor benefits. So that's why talking with you and advising people so that if anybody does have any questions, they can go to our website, AFMA.com, or give us a call. That's aafma com, and we can uh, answer any questions they have. Or if they've got a financial advisor who knows military issues, we definitely recommend that people talk with a qualified financial advisor who can give them the right kinds of analysis that they need for this.
0: Mike Meese is president of the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association. Thanks so much.
1: Great. Thank you, Tom.
0: We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA.
3: based on how many students they don't admit. I'm about just the opposite, taking individuals who are absolutely stellar and don't realize it and
2: bringing that into existence for them. You've had so many opportunities that you could do other things perhaps at um, larger organizations.
3: did as well. So here I am, having grown up in Alabama, I harbored some anger toward the society there that kept me from realizing my potential and then kept so many others like me from ever realizing their potential. At the end of a conversation that we had, someone asked Mr. Sosulu, we're leaving this conversation thinking that you harbor no anger towards a society that locked you away for 27 years. Are we leaving with the correct conclusion